happy midweek to everybody out there. Welcome to Curiosity Killed the Cat. I'm your host, Sarah, and today I'm going to be talking all about succession. I'm going to be getting into the season two uh, finale, and I'm going to be also talking about the season three premiere. And just for shits and giggles last night, because I guess I'm already, um, you know, missing be able, being able to uh, binge the show. You know, like I went in before the premiere on Sunday, got caught back up again, watched most of the episodes chronologically, and then, you know, Sunday hit. We got that premiere. Number one boy is back. Um, but... Uh, the one thing that like the one episode of succession that I don't go back to too often is that initial first episode. You're getting the, the, the lay down of everybody. You're getting the feel of this family. And there are a few just wildly uncomfortable, awkward, borderline horrifying moments in that premiere that continue throughout the series. Uh, and that's, kind of I think what helps keep it captivating outside of the writing and the acting um and just these uh tight ass storylines um you know you get those those moments um where you're reminded of what these people are what they do um how they operate what they care about what they don't care about um who they consider to be human who do they consider to be not even a real person at all. And, um, you know, they, they slam dunk it with that premiere episode very, very well. So um, last night I was kind of like missing all the new, any new uh, little succession tidbits. And I was like, you know what? Let's just, let's just put on this first episode again before we record this episode and, uh, and go from there. And so I will say um, they just did such a fucking good job of spelling these each individual character out right off the bat like between Logan and Marsha uh Kendall Connor Shiv Roman and then all the players on the outside of the family Jerry Frank um I don't think we got Carl yet in this episode um god I don't even think we got I don't even think there was any Stewie in this episode yeah there's no Stewie in this first episode so anyways um I'm really glad I put it on last night just to kind of like uh, see where we were with Kendall at the beginning again and kind of have a little have a little bit of a brush up because I could not remember for the life of me. I kept thinking Kendall and his wife decided to divorce at some point in the first season. And, you know, there we go into the second one. Um, And now, you know, he's kind of dating that Naomi chick who I'm not the biggest fucking fan of, but like. That's probably just because, like, I really like Kendall and I, you know, whatever. I digress. Um, but it's, um, it's, uh, it's interesting when you see what each of these actors do with these characters. It's like they were, they were given, you know, the gist. And from there, they, they take that character with their own two hands and, um, with their expressions and their little nuances and little ticks, um, they just bring a fictional character created out of somebody's brain and they bring it to life. They're, they manage to put their, their real selves into some compartment in their brain 
Black Mirror style and let this fictional written character come through just so largely it's um it's the reason why Jeremy Strong won an uh an Emmy this year for what he did um there's a reason why Brian Cox was nominated as well there's a reason why they're all nominated um and Jeremy Strong is just so interesting in particular uh you know he's a he's Ivy League Yale guy the first thing I ever saw him in was the big short a few years ago um my my parents in 2008 um went through we we went through the whole housing crisis along with uh millions of other people so that movie was um pretty important um to see and it was pretty illuminating and there was just this guy man in a lot of these scenes that just was like had this kind of spunk and swagger and just looked real fucking good in a suit just really good in a suit and uh it's just like, who the hell is this guy? I feel like I've seen him in something before. No, no, I don't think so. And uh, bam, baby. Succession just succession just shows up, you know, two, three years ago at this point, uh, right after Game of Thrones. Just kind of just rolls right in there. Okay, just, just shows up onto HBO's fucking uh, uh, itinerary of shows and says, here you guys go. Hey, if you guys liked Game of Thrones but didn't really like the magic in it, here's a show about all the other shit. But in present day, in like the real world. And um, yeah, I remember just watching it in that first episode being like, what the fuck was this? Like, I feel gross, but like, I kind of like this show at the same time. I'm confused. And just that the minute, the minute you see fucking Kendall in the back of the car with the headphones on, listening to the rap song, rapping it, but then you get the shot of the driver, almost the driver's perspective, not quite, but like he's hearing Kendall rap through the headphones. And if you've ever sang or rapped or done anything with headphones on and then expressed yourself audibly, um, woo, (laughs) you're not going to sound very good. You're not going to sound like fucking Adele. And so it just gives you this a different angle, a different look. It doesn't feel like we're spying on them and it doesn't feel like we're in their point of view. It just feels like, it almost feels like we're kind of like a Greg. Like we're just like a Greg or Carl, just kind of in the background, taking this in and hoping that like, you know, the next episode we get the same access as to what we had in the ones before. And um, uh, I, I, think you know just to stick on Kendall here a little bit and and not to dismiss Connor Connor beautiful Alan Ruck um he did say that they gave him a gist of what like Connor's character was and he said he pretty much just went uh uh-huh, uh uh-huh, I got it like I I know I know what needs to be done here and fucking he's oh god Alan Ruck is so good as Connor like giving the dad the fucking sourdough starter the fucking ranch running for president fucking taking all the molly at the fucking bachelor party and making all the fucking sex workers like eke out on him because they're like he keeps telling us that he loves us and he's just being a fucking creep he's fucking go with his fucking girlfriend like it's so good he's so fucking good but i want to bring this back to the number one boy kendall right uh connor first born son 
we don't know who his mom is. We don't know what kind of a relationship Logan had with, with his mom. It's neither here nor it's there. It seems as though Connor has spent the majority of his life, you know, with dad and probably with the stepmom, um, Kendall and Shiv and Roman's mom up until whenever they fucking divorced. Um, but Kendall, Kendall Roy, I think if you are the oldest sibling in your family, and I'm not trying to project here just because I'm the oldest sibling, but I think specifically if you're the oldest and you've had a lot of, um, things put on, uh, you know, I don't know, just be being the oldest. It's uh it's a different, you know, I'm having a really hard time articulating this. Like I, I do sometimes, but, um, there's, there's something relatable about Kendall and I don't, I mean, there's something relatable, obviously about each of the siblings here. Hell, there's even relatable things about Logan, if you want to get into it, but Kendall is obviously positioned to be this, you know, kind of number one son, next in line, heir to the throne, but has had problems here and there. You know, like <laughs> the dad refers to his stay in rehab as in uh, a, a trip to the fucking loony bin. He was like, no, dad, that was rehab. I'm in recovery. And, um, you know, having that parent that doesn't take that shit seriously or maybe doesn't even care to take it seriously or doesn't even want to see that multifaceted part of you they just want to see you as their own means to uh conquer whatever it is that they are conquering um you see everything played out in jeremy strong's eyes it's the littlest facial expressions and in the first episode here um I mean, he just gets fucked right off the bat. Everything's ready to go. News announcements are going to be out. Press releases. Trying a new shift in power. Kendall's taking over, right? And without any... Without speaking to him. Without uh, consulting him. Private conversations. Nothing like that. Out of nowhere. Seemingly. Uh, Logan decides he's going to, he's going to stay in charge. He's going to step up and he's going to be, he's going to be the number one guy again. And Kendall can just, uh, you know, keep doing what he's doing for the time being. And when he tells them that in the, in the, and they have that conversation and they're in the fucking dining room and he's just like, are you going to cry? And he asks him, are you going to hit me? It's just, uh, pretty fucking jarring. And it's just as gross as the scene where they have the fucking kid trying to hit a home run for a million dollar check a la Roman Roy. Um, it's, uh, it's devastating. And it sets you up to see this power dynamic between the two that like the dad just has never fucking taken him seriously whatsoever. And you can kind of see how Kendall doesn't really take his dad that seriously. I mean, in a sense... Yeah, okay, dad, you built all this shit. You did this, you did that. But that's like dinosaur stuff, right? We're, we're fucking techno Gatsby here, right? We're, we're moving into the future. This is this old shit that you're, that you're trying to, 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 to sell to the world. And, um, and I just think it's kind of interesting that, that, that there is a little bit of that. But for the most part, um, Logan's treatment of his children is, um, 
border borderline asinine. Uh, it's obviously <laughs> abusive to an extent. Um, I don't know how you rate abuse in terms of that, but it's uh, it's definitely on the scale. I mean, he said what, like when they were going to get in the fucking car to go to the planes in the the premiere episode. He's you know Roman goes, oh can I can I can I ride with you? And then Logan goes. Do you want to suck my dick? And he fucking is just like, yeah, he just said that to me. It's like, it's wild. It's fucking wild. And you know, it's because that this man who built this, uh, the fifth biggest, largest uh, media conglomerate in the world uh, did not come from that background. He came from a very poor, obviously abusive background. We get into that later in the series. But he's clearly jealous of his children. And Kendall brings that up to him at one point. He goes, you're just fucking so jealous of us. You don't even know how to fucking handle it. You don't even know what to do with it. You don't even know how to process that. And um, yeah, there are parents out there who are jealous of things that their kids have that they didn't have growing up. And, and that's fine if you could process that in a healthy way. But to take that out on them is uncalled for and abusive and not cool. And the fact that they just hang on to him, even fucking Kendall, like, it's hard to watch. And, um, you know, they've got their mom that's like, you know, really British on the other, other side of the pond. And, you know, I think Kendall at one point during the, the Shiv's wedding uh, wants to talk to her, like goes to like, try to talk to her. And she's just sort of like, I, I, and she says it honestly, she kind of just, just like, I, I can't like, nope. Like in an almost kind of cheeky British way, but an honest way. Like, I, I, I can't do that with you, Kendall. Like, I love you. You're my son, but I can't, I can't make this personal. She, she seems she seems resigned to the fact that that when whenever they must have gone through their divorce, whatever it was, that these children would remain Logan Roy's, and that's how he treats them. The, the, the you know, he, oh my God, it's just fucking nuts. He just treats them like like um, almost like a a general with his with his troops, you know, and with all the betrayal and the back and forth that not just the kids do, but the people that work underneath him do, um, you know, I could understand why you would never, you probably wouldn't have a trusting bone in your body, but, um, I don't know, whatever fucking Brian Cox does. He's, he was King Agamemnon. I hope I said that right from Troy. So you can't just put that guy as like the patriarch of the family and not expect it to get a little bit warlike, you know, uh, what is it? Boar on the floor, uh, beast, you know, we're going full beast. I mean, the man is beastly in his, in his, in his charges and his, in his confrontations. Um, but I don't, I don't know. It, it's, it's really interesting. Like when, when that, when the little boy in the first episode doesn't hit the home run, or like, does it make it to home run before they get him out? And they make the parents sign the non-disclosure agreement. And the whole thing was just a big pile of fucking yuck. Uh, Logan goes up to him and he tells the kid, he puts his hand on his back and he says like, magnificent effort. 
magnificent. Now, whether he just was saying that just to show something to everybody else, whatever. I don't think he does that. I think he does that sometimes, but not, not, I don't think it's like, oh, look at me, you know, saying something nice to this person. It was like, it was almost more nuanced than that. It was like, I, I don't know how to, it's almost like he saw like the son he would like to have in this little kid. Like he just, I don't know. I don't know. He's got a thing for grit. He's got a thing for grit. I mean, he tells Kendall in the uh, finale episode of season two when he, when he again, in the dining room and he tells him, uh, I think they're in the dining room. They probably aren't. I think they're just, they're just in a room on the yacht. And he tells Kendall, like, you're going to have to go down for, for everything here. After all the testimony and the trial and all the stuff, like, you, you will be the fall guy. And Kendall's just like, I, I kind of figured that when I got called back to the principal's office. But he asks him very earnestly. He says, he asks his dad, he goes, did you, did I ever have it? Did, were you ever going to fucking give this to me? Did you ever think that I could do this? And the way that <clears throat> Logan trims it down to this, uh, uh, you were never a killer. That, uh, that chain, I think that's when Kendall went, mm. <laughs> well, technically speaking, I am a killer. I have killed someone, technically speaking, and uh, I'll fucking do it again, Dad. Just go and fucking watch me. You're fucking next, okay? And um, in the fucking premiere, when they're in the back of the fucking car after Kendall makes his little press conference, turns on the dad again, right? And he's in the car with Greg and fucking, uh, they already kicked Caroline out of the car, told her to leave. I think it's Jess and Greg and, and Ken. And they're talking about something and, and Greg says something like, oh yeah, like unless like, like you've killed someone and in the most maniacal fucking way, he smiles so fucking serial killer Freddy Krueger fucking shit smiles like beaming and with this glint in his eyes he goes who says I haven't killed someone before oh <gasps> they did that they did that they went there they went there they went there Jesse Armstrong Jesse fucking Armstrong who writes this show He's the creator of the show. He's got a writer's room. So he's not just like the single writer of the show. But like, holy fucking shit. Like you really, oh man, I almost died. I had to push pause. And I looked around my room that nobody else was in except me. And I just like looked around like I was like smiling at a bunch of people. Like, did you see that? Did you just see that? But I was alone. Um, yeah, so they went there. Okay, so like he's just fucking like, yeah, dad. Yeah, fucking dad. I may have fucking this one fucking thing on me yes yes he killed the boy that wasn't good i'm not gonna hey we'll get there um but he knows that yeah because just because this happened and you know about it and fucking marcia knows about it even though she's not in the picture anymore he knows that whatever his dad has against him is fucking nothing niente okay Nothing compared, nothing compared to 
to what the fuck he has on Logan, other people have on Logan, on the company, on the cover-ups, everything. Um, so even if it ever came out that, yes, Kendall uh, fucking, you know, killed this kid in this fucking uh, Ted Kennedy-esque car crash at his sister's wedding in England. Um, well, daddy covered it up. So what, what, what would dad, you know, gain by telling the world that Kendall did this, uh, this horrific act when he was the one that helped cover it up, right? No real person involved. Okay. Yeah. Wait till everybody hears about that one. Um, so he knows just fucking bro, dad, you can't like, you think you could touch me, but like, you can't really touch me. What are you going to say? What are you going to do? You going to tell the papers I'm fucking snorting Coke in the bathroom again. You're going to go tell him I'm doing crack in Central Park. No. Speaking of that, the one time when Greg freaking, uh, was looking for an apartment and then shows up at Kendall's house and Kendall's like, oh yeah, I just like bought this like fucking floor. She's going to like fucking flip these, du- these fucking duplexes. And, uh, yeah, I just like, I can't be at my other house. It smells like Rava, his ex-wife, right? He's just fucking so interesting with his ex-wife. Fucking ex-husbands are bold. I'm going to tell you that. So anyways, Greg is like, yeah, man, I'm looking for a place. And then he's just like, you could just have this place. And like, by the end of the night, he's fucking making Greg throw a party because it's fashion week fucking go out and get him cocaine and fucking Greg brings him cocaine and fucking Kendall grabs it and he looks at it and he goes, ew, park Coke. And it's like, I don't know much about cocaine, but I'd imagine if you got your cocaine at the park, it might not be all cocaine. So anyways, he does it anyways, because he's just like a fucking junkie so he does it anyways and he just they have this party and he's just walking around and greg is just like um there's some um people that are like having um like intercourse on my bed do you think you could tell them to leave and he's just like shut the fuck up greg i'm a techno gatsby on the lookout for pussy and i will never get over I will never get over the Techno Gatsby uh, line, ref- line huh? uh, reference for the rest of my life. I, that's one of my favorite things that anybody has ever put down on a piece of paper and made an actor say on a fucking screen. Techno Gatsby. Like, he just, like, Kendall thinks so highly of himself sometimes. And then it gets so low. It's so hard to watch like in the first season when they go to connor's ranch and they're supposed to do like the family therapy and this is after like he's already fucked loke tried to fuck logan over after fucking him over um is back on the sauce like um he goes to the bar and he fucking orders a double of something and uh he fucking meets the guy that he like all of a sudden like the bartender's like oh yeah i know your brother connor he he paid some guy here at the bar to kill his dog his dog who had cancer once because he couldn't do it himself and like kendall just fucking smiles he grabs his drink and he turns around and he's like hey i hear you're the guy that shot my brother's dog and it just cuts we just cut the fucking scene okay and then like the next thing like all of the family is on this fucking ranch that looks like it costs 
like my whole neighborhood that I live in probably doesn't cost as much as the the anchorage and like the, the like the fabulousness of this fucking southwestern New Mexico ranch. So you see them all there being serviced, top of the line. Connor's got the pods, okay? Will is like, oh, maybe we could go to Starbucks. And he's like, I got pods. <laughs> he's got it all, right? He's got the pool that the fucking therapist like broke his teeth in. He's got it all. And before Kendall shows up, he's at this fucking bar, meets these fucking local dudes. And next time we see him, he's in a fucking breaking bad looking motherfucking house doing meth getting some weed, you know, smoke all the weed that you want, but just take it easy with the meth, okay? He's uh, got like the whole like equipment thing, this thing, it looked like a, a light bulb. I don't know what it was. But anyways, they just, um, they just, just fucking have Kendall in this fucking living room. We got the wolf fucking picture behind it and the two dudes just like fucking chilling on the couch, right? And you know nothing's like nothing bad is gonna happen he's just fucking sitting here junking it up and fucking when roman has to come and pick him up and it's just like great my brother's a fucking crackhead uh the way kendall says like ah like um like i've now become a meth head six uh experiment successful like where does this shit come from who thinks of this stuff like like you know, and then when he's looking, you know what, when he was at the wedding and he was looking for drugs at the wedding and Greg was like, oh, I think there was this guy that I know that I'm a waiter, blah, blah, blah. Um, he just fucking looks over at Greg at one point. I don't know what the hell they were talking about. Maybe like the, the papers that he was supposed to like get rid of or something. And he just looks up at Greg and he's so much shorter than Greg because fucking, um, ah, fucking who plays Greg? The one kid, uh, Nicholas... Braun, he's so fucking tall. He is so fucking tall. And Jeremy Strong, I don't think is like a super tall dude. And so just like their physicality, right? Fucking just like Kendall looking up at Greg, just like kind of all wide-eyed and glinty and being like surprised by him. And he's like, Greg, you Machiavellian fuck you. And he like walks away and he's like, I see you. I see you. It's just like the chemistry is so beautiful. And like uh, Greg, as much as like I love my Greg and Kendall time, I do miss Greg and Tom. I miss the Tomlet and the Gregs that you have to break to put into the Tomlet. Hopefully we'll get those two together again. But I think with with uh, Kendall stepping out on his own and with Greg happen- happening to be in proximity with him when that happened, I think it's safe to say that Greg will probably be sticking it with Ken for a while. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just to go back to Kendall, like, I, you know, I said I was going to talk about the finale and I was going to talk about the premiere, and now I'm just like, I don't really know what I'm talking about anymore. I'm just talking about Kendall. I haven't even gotten into Roy or Roman Roy. Haven't even, haven't even, haven't even touched the surface of Roman Roy. So anyways, to kind of like, a, you know, not uh, go off on a super crazy tangent here on the characters. Um, they just, that first episode, voila, sealed deal. This is what you get and get ready to watch this all kind of unfold week by week. And by the time... Uh, season one wrapped up, you know, we have Kendall in this, 
really awful position back in with his dad. He's tried to go off on his own again. Um, he tried to bear hug him. Uh, the one time that he actually got Logan in a pretty vulnerable place, uh, you know, the car accident, the car accident happened. And, uh, next thing we know, you know, he's in the big, he's in the big room with Marsha and dad. And he's just trying to tell him, you know, you're my number one boy, my number one boy. And everything about that scene is fucked up. It's just all fucked up. It's not like, oh, hey, Kendall, like, let's try to figure this out. Let's move on, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, you're going to stop doing what you've been doing. You are going to come back to this and nobody will ever find out what happened here. Okay. Okay. And so Kendall is kind of, uh, he gets a little squirrely though. Sometimes like, like once he got back in with the dad and that dude, the first episode of season one is like, (laughs) When he sees Stewie and even Shiv and Roman trying to be like, just tell us what happened. Like, can you just, like, we are your siblings. You can just fucking be real and just tell us. And he's just like, I can't. Like, dad has the better the better game plan, so I'm going to stay with him. It's just fucking a lot, okay? And, um, you know, then we see him try to... to, to the, the Volter thing. When we came back to Volter, that was really cool. Because watching that first episode again, seeing um, what had happened with uh, the guy that ran Volter and how he wasn't going to join them at first. And then when they made him the big fat deal, the guy took it right when, um, uh, right when fucking the news broke about Logan going into a coma or whatever the fuck. And he tells, you know, fucking... Kendall and just like the shittiest way like yeah dude like you just invited me into the chicken coop and now I'm gonna eat you guys all up one by one well well <laughs> when we come back to season two and we're back into the Volter fucking territory um you know that was Kendall's baby but he destroyed it he did what he was told to do and um the way he just like like them coming into the, the 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 building where they where Walter is and trying to tell everybody to not join the union and you know oh we're going to be going back through some old ideas some you know going through paperwork blah 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 and then comes back and says all of these laptops are ours this is all of our property anything that you guys have come up with is now like basically our fucking intellectual property and uh just tells the guy to fucking suck it uh pretty much and uh Kendall does get spit on and I think he just asked like is that all you got and it just the con the confrontation confrontation can make so many people so fucking uncomfortable and I can be one of them sometimes and holy fucking shit anytime these two are in any vicinity together the Walter guy and and Kendall Oh, the tension just like comes out of the screen and you're just like, you just like, you don't know which you're like, both of these people kind of suck, but like, you're kind of rooting for both of them, but you don't, it's just, it's so fucking weird. This show, do this show gives you no alliances. Like every time you think you're on somebody's side, you're like, no, maybe I'm fucking not. Okay. Maybe I'm not because to get into this premiere episode, 
right? And the last one, Kendall. He's supposed to go to the fucking press conference, say that, I, I, you know, I'm going to go down for this. This was all on me, blah, blah, blah. But then flips it on its fucking head and says, you know, my dad's been covering up this shit. You know, we're basically corrupt. I've got proof. Come at me, motherfucking bro. And then, you know, throughout the whole uh, chunk, you know, his whole uh, storyline in the first episode of season three, going into this premiere here, you see him have that little panic attack in the bathtub right afterwards, right? Takes a few deep breaths, some nose, mouth, breathing exercises, and uh, then that's it. They get in the car and they go, and Carolina's like, this is a company car. Like, based off of what you just fucking did, I don't, like, they don't really have the right to take you anywhere right now. So anyways, it's just kind of fucking funny. It's just like... <laughs> Kendall just immediately, like, fucking fucks his dad and, like, goes to get in the company car to, like, go somewhere. Like, you gotta call an Uber next time, maybe, buddy. Um, But throughout the whole episode, we see when Kendall gets a little bit too... What's the britches analogy? Too high for... Big for your britches? Big for your britches. Um biting off more than you can chew, whatever. He's, uh, you know, he's like, yeah, you know, he's feeling, he's feeling the adrenaline of it. Um, you know, they're, they're taking, they're taking the cultural temperature of Kendall Roy on Twitter and gifts and memes and, um, fucking a, it's just, he's already, you know, he's just, he's already back on the bullshit. He's already back on the bullshit, right? He's already mansplaining. He's not letting this fucking... He brings in two very fucking affluent um, people into his ex-wife's home. He decides, oh, yes, I'll just set up shop at my ex-wife's house. Uh, which, again, again, exes, ex-husbands, partners, baby daddies, they can be pretty bold. Like, I think sometimes they think that you're still married or together even though you haven't been for like a few years but they still say things sometimes that is like oh yeah like when we were married like like we're still married you know and it's like it's kind of okay but it's kind of like I don't know where I you know I don't know I don't know if this is I just it's oh god relationships are so complicated and like I I brought up earlier in this podcast episode that his relationship with Rava, um, I couldn't remember if they were in the middle of divorcing or were, or were about to get divorced in the first season or what, but that first episode, they're clearly in the middle of the process still. They're, they're moved out. They're splitting their kids. Cause he like tells her like, Oh, I'm going to be swamped the next two weekends. Maybe I'll take them, you know, after that. <laughs> and she's like, okay. <laughs> um, it's just, it's, it's just this weird combination of, um, I think anybody like post-divorce could maybe relate to this. I don't know. It, hopefully if your divorce wasn't too toxic or awful, um, there's, there's still a strange familiar, familiar, I'm not going to say that word right now. There's a familiar, um, camaraderie that you still sort of kind of have it's a weird line it's a weird line and like in this premiere episode you know him just being like you know is it okay if we set up this you know he tells fucking carolina in the car like we need a 
a sterilized unit, like a fucking sealed jar, okay? So he's using her place, you know, to set up shop, to, to set up the, the, the anti-Logan shit. And he has a, a, you know, some PR ladies come in. He has Lisa, Lisa Arthur, um, the lawyer that Shiv went to talk to at the beginning of the episode. So anyways, um, as soon as the PR lady comes in, you could tell these are fucking high power chicks. I mean, Greg already fucking was just like going on to the one chick. And what was so fucking funny is that fucking this house, there was one scene where you could see an electric scooter propped up against the wall with the helmet on it. And you, that's Greg's like the little shit, like just the fact that the second time I watched the episode, I put it on and I'm just like, fucking Greg Scooter. Fucking Greg Scooter. And his helmet. God bless him. It's just up against the wall at Rava's house. Okay. So, you know, Kendall goes to <laughs> have this meeting with these with these two gals here. Okay. These two PR ladies. And the, the one doesn't even fucking hardly open up her mouth. Doesn't even get to... Uh, uh, what's the word? Um, doesn't even get a chance to like hype him up to himself. You know, he doesn't even get her pitch or whatever. She doesn't even get to say nice things about him yet because he's too busy saying nice things about himself, (laughs) which is like, that's the Kendall. That's the Kendall thing. He did that in the first season with the, again, with the two chicks that he was trying to like the, 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 the women that had like the art firm or whatever the fuck it was. He fucked that up royally. He does this thing where he tries to be cool, but you don't know if it's disingenuous, but it is kind of in, like it is kind of genuine, genuine and authentic to him. But like it just comes off kind of weird, I think, to anybody that would be in the room with him. But anyways, he's just not letting either one of these chicks speak. He's just blown over everything, talking about how he's like. I've got something lined up with the times and with this and with that, blah, blah, blah. It it wasn't even like a fucking real meeting, okay? And then by the time Lisa comes in and he's trying to, you know, uh, she's trying to explain this is just a preliminary thing. We haven't taken you on as our client yet, blah, blah, blah. Um, You know, oh, yeah, 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 sure, 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 sure. And then goes off on his own little tangent thing again. And... You know, by the end of the episode, Kendall calls Logan's phone, Frank answers, and they say, oh, hey, Lisa is going to be representing Kendall. Now, what we didn't see is if at the end of that meeting, if Lisa for sure agreed to represent Kendall. We didn't see the end of that because Rava screamed about the wine gla- uh, the wine bottle that was given to her by her godparent when she was younger being opened by Greg. Uh, Kendall, uh, with a pair of big brass balls, asked Rava you know, is it okay if Naomi comes? Um, you know, she's my girlfriend. She's kind of good for me, blah, blah, blah. And uh, she's like, sure, sure. So yes, uh, Kendall uh, goes ahead and he asks um, Rava if uh, Naomi can come up, be part of the team, whatever. So she's really good for me. And um, the last we saw of her um, was uh, Logan saying that he couldn't have anybody on the yacht that wasn't, uh, I guess in Kendall's words, uh, uh, like a sterile jar, you know what I mean? A sealed unit. Um, she got kicked off of the boat. He made Kendall 
in another weird power play that Logan likes to do with him, specifically more so than any of the kids, um, we see him freaking tell, um, you know what, my blinds are kind of like going crazy in the wind right now, so I'm going to fix that. Uh, he freaking had the balls to tell Kendall, like, no, she cannot, she cannot stay on this fucking yacht. We have got to have her go. And he's like, dude, she's really good for me. He, he just keeps telling everybody that she's really good for him, which again, when people have to say that in a relationship, are they really? Um, but anyways, I mean, considering the first time that they fucking hung out, they did a bunch of blow, uh, started flying a helicopter, brought it back down, luckily, and then Kendall woke up the next morning because he shit the bed, okay? So if she's good for him, I don't know, up in the air, jury's still out on that one. I am not a big fan of Naomi, but whatever. Um, so, you know, she just comes up so fucking cool with the takeout food, chatting with Greg, and um, Kendall is, um, he does introduce Naomi to her, um, and Rava, like, luckily is on the phone. She's just sort of like, hey, like, okay, I'm going to go take this call, and goes into the other room. And uh, while Kendall is in the middle of the meeting with Lisa Arthur, um, fucking we hear a scream ring out and it's Rava in the background um, pissed off at Greg for opening um, the wine. And, you know, Naomi just kind of walks into the room and sort of doesn't really like care what's going on. She's just got like the glasses and, you know, then leaves to go get the napkins and just kind of remains um unaffected in this right um so she is like trying to explain like that was given to me by my godmother godfather whoever and just makes this kind of statement like it's okay it's like when something you know lovely breaks and you'll never be able to fix it and she kind of just leaves the room and uh I think at this point Naomi had already left to go get the fucking um uh the napkins, I think she said. Uh, so she bounces and fucking Kendall and Greg are just standing there. And rather than Kendall being like, oh shit, or like, oops, or like, whatever. He just looks at Greg and is like, he says something like, I'm surrounded like, like by beautiful, smart women. And Greg's like, yeah, man, like, yeah, you are. And like, they're both just like, fucking cool and it's just like Greg and Kendall they're obviously probably the best duo in the show um but yeah so as far as Kendall's storyline for this episode goes that's about as that's pretty much uh pretty much the end there again Frank gets the phone call about him being represented by Lisa um and Shiv was kind of shafted by her earlier a little bit by saying, you know, I can't represent you and I don't want to be your fucking uh, Tom uh, Hagen fucking um, conciliary, okay? I'm not, like, doing your weird fucking family mafia shit, okay? Well, she's doing Kendall's weird family fucking mafia shit instead. Um, Allegedly, apparently. So we'll see where that goes. Um, But, um... To uh, pick up on my other, my other number one boy in the show, uh, Roman, okay? We still have dear, dear sweet Roman, right? And so at one point, Logan's trying to, again, 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 
uh, pick out the fucking, you know, top guy, right? Uh, top person at the company, uh, the face, if you will. And because uh, it can't be him. It can't be him anymore. And so he's in the fucking plane. They're bouncing back and forth. They're not, they're, they're not going to anywhere they could be extradited back to America from. End up in fucking Sarajevo. And he's like... At one point when they're in one of the fucking, you know, beautiful private planes, they're in the back plane, you know, people chess. And um, he he goes like, you know, well, we need a woman. So we've got Jerry and Shiv, but I like experience. So he goes, Jerry or Roman. And it's just like the ping pong, the back and forth. It's just it's never ending. He just can't fucking pull the trigger on who it should be and it's just it's fucking chaos and so anyways and tom's like freaking out he he was kind of a little bit in the background in this episode so i think he's going to be coming like out full force in the next episode or two probably uh i'm hoping um but you know he calls shiv in the bathroom and he's like you know they're called they're they're trying to pick which one and and she's like okay go to bat for me blah 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 and frank knocks on the no it was fucking uh hugo knocks on the door at one point and he's like what are you fucking shooting up in there or something he says some fucking asshole thing to him and he goes like fuck off fuck face or something like that and it's just like the language the language like i've been cussing since i was in fourth grade i made a pact with my sister i was like if you don't tell mom and dad that i cuss like things will be okay and she was like cool all right that's fine i won't tell anyone i was like fine all right we got this so anyways um honestly must have been a sailor in a past life uh so that is all going on okay and by the end of the episode we see shiv uh rerouting her car not sure where she's gonna go off and go she's gone back and forth quite a few times now um the stuff ended really bad with uh gill and nate in season two or no uh yeah season two but kind of started uh its little crescendo crescendo uh throughout the end of the uh, first season once she started sleeping with nate uh, God, when Tom kicked him out of the wedding and he was like, put my fucking wine back. It was like, what is this? So anyways, um, oh God, oh God, Tom and the bachelor party. Oh my God. And then like the guy, the chick that fucking Tom, um, did this really interesting, uh, sexual thing with at the bachelor, bachelor party, uh, ends up being Roman's girlfriend for a while. And he asked her to marry her at one point. And she's like, well, we haven't even like done it yet. And he's like, well, what does that have to do with anything? And she was like, well, for me, that's kind of important. And so from the beginning, you're kind of like, you know, curious as to like how Roman rolls. You know what I mean? We saw this weird ass deal when he like got a nicer office. He like definitely uh, jerked off in it uh, up against the window, which was pretty interesting. Um, You know, I guess when you gotta go you gotta go uh but like other than that it's been a little bit um ambiguous oh my god I cannot talk anyways it's just been a little bit up in the air if you will and um even at the bachelor party we didn't really see him doing anything because he was like concentrated he was so focused on the stewy sandy meeting thing whatever the fuck there was a lot of ins and outs during that first season and so anyways, he ends up with, I think her name is Tabitha. And um, 
I don't know if they actually get engaged or not, or if they just stay boyfriend or girlfriend. Anyways, we don't see her, hear from her, anything in this episode. I don't even think, I don't think she was on the yacht at all at any point. Connor and Willa were. Um, poor dear, her play did not go so well, and Connor's trying to figure it out. He's trying to get money from his dad again. He's trying to run for president. It's great. Um, but Roman right? You're just like, okay, he can never sit still. He's always squirming around. He's trying to do his best, but at like oddly minimal effort. He does go through the management program, but accelerates the speed of the rocket launch and it blows up on Shiv's wedding. And uh, just things go back and forth with him continually throughout the series. And eventually we arrive to this strange, wonderful, interesting point where we get some grade a top notch top of the line uh flirty back and forth between him and jerry yes jerry and it uh it works and i think there was like two different encounters where like they didn't do it obviously but like things were going on in one way or another and so you're just like okay we finally see them together in the premiere in a hotel room together, right? And Roman's just like, you know, we could just totally, you know, just hop in that bed over there and just like, just get done with, you know? And she's like, as far as I am concerned, nothing has ever happened between the two of us. Um, You know, like, she's like, uh, I've managed to stay in this career for this long by not getting into messes. And, uh, while they're having this sort of like tit for tat, like a, you know, little back and forth, uh, she gets the phone call saying that she gets to be the face for however long, right? And <clears throat> it's super awesome because um, Roman at one point, he calls his dad and in a very honest way, I don't think this was, I don't think this was Logan reading um, Roman as weak. I think this is him I think he's come to trust uh, Roman's opinions and reads on things after that whole deal where he got fucking uh, basically kidnapped um, in the trying to make that one deal with the fucking one guy. He comes back and he's just like, it's just no good, dad. It's fucking flim flam nonsense. You know, it's not worth, you know, betting on going private for whatever. And so um, I think that's what he really, uh, you know, that's what he values in his, in his uh, third born son here. And so um, I think when, you know, Roman says like, oh, you know, I obviously I want it to be me, but if you think I need a few more years, well then how about Jerry? You know, like, like might as well have Jerry. We're in this big mess. You should have a woman, blah, blah, blah. So he's vouching for Jerry. He's, he's putting in for her <clears throat> and, um, I think Logan just clearly sees that. And again, I don't think it was a sign of weakness. I think when he gets off the phone, he just says Roman's out. Like as in like, you know, we're not, we're not going to even go down that road because he made it clear on the phone in his own Roman language that, um, that maybe he's not 1000% ready or uh, wanting it as much as he thought. And it does make sense because you even if, you know, romantic things don't go down with him and Jerry, um, it's probably best for him to stay in her orbit, especially now. Um, 
But speaking of like the end game in this like company and who gets it all, uh, in that first episode, I had totally forgotten that um, when Greg meets Logan for the first couple times, not meets him, but meets up with him again right before the birthday birthday party, um, he asks for the, the job, whatever, and he says, you know, I will be glad, to do, I will do anything for my brother, anything. All he has to do is ask, right? And so he's like, fuck, like they don't talk, so how's this going to work out? Long story short... He ends up in the car with Logan and Marsha, and it's hilarious because he's so fucking tall and his, like, knees are, like, the height of everybody else's heads. Um, He explains that, like, well, hey, like, it actually would be good for me to hang out at the company and learn the ins and outs because my grandpa, you know, he's kind of old and at some point he's going to die and, you know, I'll probably end up getting his vote or inheriting his seat or whatever the hell it is. And I was like, oh, fuck, Greg, you are a Machiavellian little shit. Like, I do see you, okay? So um, I just thought that was fucking, yeah. I'm so glad I rewatched that first episode because there was a lot that I forgot and missed out on. And um, anyways, uh, so that just was interesting. But um, yeah, Roman, I thought Roman was pretty well-rounded in this episode. Um, But God damn, like when fucking Logan, when Frank's talking and he's like, like fucking, uh, well, yeah, he, Frank says something like, yeah, I like Roman. And Logan says, well, fuck yeah, you like Roman. He's going to fire you the first day he's like comes in. Like he does say things about his kids sometimes that are in an odd way kind of endearing. I don't know. I I talked about in one of the Godfather episodes that I did how like, Um, you know, how Brando does, uh, uh, Vito Corleone's fathering with these children that he has with the daughter and his sons and how, uh, you know, he's very precious with them, but you know, he snaps at them, um, quite often, uh, when they're fucking around and it's pretty interesting because I mean, Logan does snap at them when they're definitely not fucking around, which is awful. But, um, I don't know. I just... I'm going to have to do more episodes about this because I'm going to just keep talking about it and I need to stop. So I think I kind of, I think I sort of balanced this out, talked about the premiere, like the very, very like premiere of this show. It was such a sleeper. It was so quiet. I think everybody was so busy um, in the uproar of Game of Thrones that, like I said, this just sort of like slid right in there. It just slid into home, fucking past all the bases. And we were just like, whoa, what the? fuck is this what is this tv show okay um and hbo they just know they just know what they do they know what they're about and um you know there's been some there's been some poo-poos you know that they've put out throughout the years but for the most part um anything anything uh you know hbo does is going to be it's going to be a fucking smash. It's going to be well done. It's going to be high quality. And this show is no exception. Everything is there. They go to the richest, most luscious locations, uh, the most beautiful buildings, homes, boats, yachts, cars, everything. Even Greg's scooter looked fucking super expensive. I was like, look at you, Greg, with your fucking expensive electric scooter and helmet um, up in Kendall's sterilized uh, jar uh, operation. So anyways, um, I probably missed a few things, but Hey, 
I can't, I can't keep talking about this. I got to stop. My voice is starting to get hoarse. So anyways, that's this episode about succession. Uh, maybe I'll check in in a couple more episodes. Um, we shall see, but I have some Halloween stuff coming up here in the next couple days, as well as some more, um, the Godfather recap episode that is up ahead as well. So I hope everybody stays, uh, freaky, um, you know, be your best techno gas Gatsby. Don't be a rich douchebag. If you're rich, just don't be a douchebag. You know what I mean? Like there's nothing wrong with that. Right. So anyways, um, stay curious, stay safe. And thank you for listening. I will see you next time. Bye. But the truth is that my father is a malignant presence, a bully and a liar. And he was fully personally aware of these events for many years and made efforts to hide and cover up.